You're listening to Pathfinders Pod, conversations with entrepreneurs in response to the current COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Tessa, and today we're diving into all things exponential growth, organizational agility, and the potential risk of doing purposeful work. This episode features a conversation with the League of Entrepreneurs co-founder, Maggie Dupree, and a remarkable woman by the name of Shannon Lucas. Shannon has over 20 years' experience driving innovation into the world's largest companies. She's the co-founder of Catalyst Constellations, which supports a global community of catalysts more sustainably drive positive impact around the world. So the intention is just is like to hear from you, like what's going on in your world in this moment. You have obviously a very deep background in innovation, in both entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. I love this term catalyst that you bring to your work. So I'd love to hear a little bit from you about what that means for you and what you're doing with Catalyst Constellations. So welcome, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Where would you like to start? Well, let's start with you and who you are. When did you realize you were an entrepreneur and and then where are you now? Yeah, so um, I had been in search of the job that would fit me and how I showed up and what my superpowers were and what my sense of personal mission and passion were. I had started a sustainable MBA at the Presidio Graduate School, which was super helpful in terms of me getting a lot of clarity about those things. And sort of long story short, out out of that program, I ended up applying for and becoming part of the initial crew to set up this innovation program at Vodafone. Obviously, telecommunications has a huge role in a lot of transformation, digital, digital transformation, et cetera. My mission at the beginning of that was to find sort of the ragtag group of the eight positive troublemakers that we sort of knew, one on each continent, essentially and co-create with them, sort of understand what they were doing and what they needed to amplify what they were doing. And then from that, create a a system where we could activate a bunch of people around the organization. It was interesting going on that journey because as I went on that journey, so we grew that from this ragtag group of eight positive troublemakers to this CEO-sponsored, certified, gamified, five-level training and development program that people had to apply to become part of. They had to get VP approval. They had to have an active VP sponsor. And even after all of that, like through the application process and all of that, I was really struck by, it was the same, maybe it was more than eight, but it was like the same 15 or 20 people who were always leaning in out of like a group of a hundred, let's say. So anyway, to answer the first question, that was when I came across, I was like, what is it that we're doing here? And that was when I came across the, the word entrepreneur. And when I found that, I was like, yes, because it's not just innovation. It's about like the business models. And like we were reading, reading things like lean startup and there's this strong like entrepreneurial component, whereas it wasn't just about being in the ivory tower of innovation. Mm. What I was struggling with and continued to struggle with was this sort of dichotomy of these people who would lean in, they'd show up for every call they were often going off and doing things without us even asking and coming back. And we're like, hold on, we'll, we'll build a structure for that. We'll get you, we'll get you the buy-in, you know? And so that was when like later on, I came into, into contact with the term catalyst, which my now uh, business partner, Tracy had been doing research on. And as she described that, which has a strong action-based component to it, 
that was the word that helped me really self-identify because entrepreneurs help them in a certain context. But what's interesting about catalysts is they often flow between contexts. You might be an entrepreneur one day, you might be in a social enterprise another day, you might be in a large organization. And so this thing that defines who you are, regardless of where you sit in an organizational structure was super important and interesting and enlightening for me. That's great. And I love that notion of starting small. Yeah. And that's absolutely what you've done and what we've done with the league, right? It's like you find those people that just keep showing up, keep leaning in, and then you grow from there and then influence that way. And I think, you know, what I, I find so refreshing about the entrepreneurship journey and this work is that it is about culture at the end of the day. So, you know, it's wrapped in an innovation bow, but actually it's about culture and how we lead and how we work and how we interact with each other. And the idea of catalyst, right, is that what we're seeing, especially as entrepreneurs mature in their journey. So there's the, they're moving to different parts of the system, but there's also entrepreneurs who you know, get recognized for their success. Then all of a sudden they're leading teams yeah. and they don't feel like an entrepreneur anymore. They're like, I'm, I'm not building out a single project. Like what, what am I doing? And yeah. that's when we start saying, oh, you're the internal catalyst, you know, you're creating the space for other entrepreneurs to step in and then do the project work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great definition. Totally agree. I mean, one of the reasons we're hosting these conversations, Shannon, is that I'm seeing and others in the league are seeing the importance of entrepreneurship in this moment, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of the ways that entrepreneurs have been leading, either the work they were working on, so whether that was like access to products and services for vulnerable communities that are so needed right now, or the way they were developing those solutions you know, is needed now in this moment, both for the crisis and then also for what comes next. I would just love your perspectives on, you know, why is entrepreneurship important and also in this context? I think one of the interesting things right now, so a lot of us have been talking about living in a VUCA world, right? So that's volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And this is a term that comes out of the military in the 1980s, and it's sort of been percolating around in common with the innovation and we need to do new ways of business. Historically, up until very recently, responding to or setting up teams that could respond to the new VUCA reality was seen as a nice to have. Oh, maybe I'll incrementally out innovate my competitors, et cetera. The reason VUCA was established was as a direct response to the Cold War and then got more traction through digitization, right? I mean, the, the pace of change is accelerating, et cetera, so we just don't know where it's going to go. We can no longer ignore the fact that we live in a volatile, uncertain, and complex world. So the question is, how do companies respond to that? And there's this group of people who are born VUCA ready who can lean into all of those things and they've been doing that in the places where they've been allowed to do that. And in, in general terms, that's been like in the innovation community, et cetera. The companies who have the strongest skill sets around that, which also relates to resiliency, are the ones that are thriving more now. And the people who show up with these skills are the entrepreneurs and the catalysts, right? And so it's like, how do we now identify these, these people who are born VUCA ready? Um, Bob Johansson, who started the Institute for the Future, uh, came up with a response to this, which is called VUCA Prime. So that's vision, understanding, clarity, and agility. So it's a direct response to VUCA. And those are the superpowers of the entrepreneurs and catalysts. So 
you know, as companies are starting to say in certain, in certain places we're able to respond to this and how are we doing that? I think we need to help organizations recognize that this is the new reality forevermore. We've been saying that for a long time, this is true. This is not gonna be the only pandemic. We have climate change that we haven't been taking on seriously. So how do we identify the people who are really comfortable with change? I mean, not everyone is, is born that way and have the skills to address it. So my hope is, is that in this moment where they're seeing the, the efficacy of this, they will learn to identify these people and show up as the executive leaders that these people need because this is an important component to this and create the support development training incentive models that sort of support you know, bringing VUCA readiness to the table. Oh, I just love that VUCA prime. I hadn't heard that before and it's it, right? I mean, we're watching talks recently, Singularity University does one and then John Elkington uh, recently, similarly, this exponential graph, right? Yeah. And the point being is that our minds are not designed to kind of grasp what exponential looks like. Yeah. Um, and yet entrepreneurs, we're playing in that space and really understanding that potential as, as a real threat to society, often through the lens of climate change, although many were working on pandemic scenarios. That's the other thing I'm hearing from entrepreneurs is, oh, well, I've worked in sustainability for the last few decades. This is not a surprise, right? right. So your point is like VUCA prime, VUCA ready, and folks that can hold that in their minds. I think what's interesting is that we're all experiencing it though right now. So what you know, a small minority maybe could hold in their heads and kind of understand what that might look like, we now all have a lived experience of what exponential, you know, 96% of flights going down, the world shut, you know, the economy stopping yes. on a dime. And so to be able to link that to some of these other issues like climate change, uh, we can, I think, make it more tangible. I think the other thing that's interesting is seeing maybe people stepping into that VUCA prime that weren't doing it before. And that's what I'm hugely excited about. You know, I, I was listening to Mary Barra last week, CEO of GM talking about how nimble, you know, all those characteristics of the VUCA prime, you're talking about the clarity, the, the agility. So here are these companies with tens of thousands of people that have typically been really stodgy and bureaucratic and taking forever to get stuff done, are making ventilators, are moving, are, and I think the company leadership, almost listening to them, they're, they're surprised that their employees have that potential. And I, I guess the, the question I have for you is somebody who has been leading teams and, and catalyzing teams that have these skills within, you know, what can we, we be learning now? Like, how, like, why is it working now? Like, why is GM able to be so agile in this moment? And what is it that we could take forward with us, uh, you know, so we don't lose that? So, I mean, a unifying thing is a strong sense of purpose. You can do a lot of behavior change if you're showing up with a strong sense of purpose. I think that's a big one. And so us just understanding that we all need to collectively come together and actually act differently and have a very clear articulated problem that we're trying to solve too. I think in historical times, you know, it's not like people, futurists weren't talking about, you know, massive migrations around the world and the impact of climate change and potential pandemics. But when you have unlimited potential scenarios, it's hard to obviously respond or, or be ready for all of those. So we have this like sort of this deep human purpose with a lot of compassion because we all have this shared lived experience with a ton of clarity about like, you know what, it was really obvious we needed to make some masks and some ventilators. 
the next wave is going to be a little bit harder. And I think in a lot of industries still, they're still struggling with like, what is their purpose and how are they going to be more resilient? The reason we haven't done this before too, is because like change is uncomfortable for most people, especially if you don't have that burning sense of urgency. So like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And so if you were if you were profitable before and you weren't feeling the impacts of climate change yet in a meaningful way where you could say it was hitting the bottom line, again, you didn't have that deep sense of urgency and purpose. My hope is now is that leaders will start to say, actually, the new normal is completely uncertain. And when we create the space to connect purpose with a different process, a different problem solving process, we will be super adaptable and be able to meet the needs of the system, the broad system, employees, the stakeholders, the shareholders, et cetera. And you talk about a problem solving process, like what, what does that look like? The, so first of all, so I go back to um, the leaders need to help set some sense of like who we are. And that may still, that may become more and more adaptable. I mean, Nike is an interesting story of like becoming from a shoe company to like really a lifestyle company for a particular psychographic demographic, right? I mean, people lean into that brand for a lot of different reasons. So I think that the articulation from the leaders about who they want to be and then understanding and again, identifying these people who are like the wicked problem solvers and having a really strong connectivity tissue between them. You go back to the work that Google did too around like high functioning teams and thinking about the things that were on their list, right? So like psychological safety is number one on the list. And I think what's happening is the leaders are demonstrating a stronger sense of psychological safety right now because they're like, shit, for the first time, we really don't know the answer. And so we need to tap into the collective wisdom of the organization. And these people who are raising their hands are like, I didn't make a ventilator yesterday, but I'm going to raise my hand and figure out how. And my first three goes might fail, but you don't care. You only care that by the end of the week, I have something that's working. Mm. That sense of iteration and failure now in certain instances is much more acceptable. We, My hope is that we will start to sort of institutionalize or internalize or whatever you want to call it. Psychological safety is one of the key traits for leadership because that's what facilitates deep problem solving. And it's not superficial solving. It's really like deep systemic problem solving. Just to finish the list of the things that um, Google talked about, dependability, structure and clarity, meaning and impact. And you can hear, we already talked about some of those words about what makes an entrepreneur and catalyst successful. And so hopefully we'll be able to say, look, it, the, the meaning and purpose don't always have to be in response to something negative. It can be a call to action I suppose uh, responding to climate change could be seen as responding to something negative, but you can put it in a positive light and say, we're here to be an impact company and we're going to tackle those challenges differently. Yeah. I mean, thank you for that, Shannon. And I just, this notion of psychological safety and compassion and care. Yeah. You know, I was having a conversation earlier this morning and she was asking me, you know, kind of similar question, like, what do I want to see? being brought forward and what do I feel this moment is kind of spotlighting. And I think it is the fact that we are human beings first yeah. and foremost. We are not like human resources. We're not employees or workers. Like we're human beings and you know we're on Zoom calls and our children are running in the background and you can see I've got dirty laundry piled up or what, you know, and 
I think this, the, 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 for a small group, you know, you talk about your troublemakers, you know, that was very present. I think that that circle is widening and we're showing up with more humanity, which I think then, you know, we lead in a different way. And hopefully we have these spaces that are more trusting, that are safe for us then to try new things. I 100% agree. And it's interesting because it's even challenged some of my own notions about what was possible Mm. um, in terms of how we worked together. So there was this sense before that if it was virtual, it was less than. Mm. And I think in some ways it's actually pivoted to be the opposite to your point, which is like, you can see my gray roots now. You can see the dirty laundry. Like you can see all the things and we're all connecting as real human beings. It's also not just the trappings of the Zoom, but we're all experiencing new kind of common humanity, a global common humanity that we have never experienced before. Mm -hmm. And we're starved for connection in a way that we've never been starved before, which starts to like slough off. You're just like so happy and thrilled to connect with people. But I think that this time has shown that if we show up authentically and we can create authentic and open you know, forums in this digital space that we can still get a lot done. Yeah, I mean, it's really challenging those of us in that community and trust building space and work to ask, how do we do that online? Something that was coming to mind as you, as you were talking, Shannon, one of the, so we've just developed this new tool with the league. I think I shared, I left a copy with you and I was yeah, at your house, awesome. yeah. uh, the, the Entrepreneur's Compass. Yeah. And this was basically an update of our toolkit that we published in 2013. And it was saying, hey, we've now as a global community been doing this for five years now, uh, learning a lot. And, you know, what's missing? What else do we need to put in this toolkit that we you know, hadn't thought about when we first published it in 2013. And what came out super clearly was purpose mm-hmm. and, and the why, you know, yeah. at the heart of it, like that's the starting point for the entrepreneur's journey is like my, my quest, my question, like there's this, this question I'm, I'm after, you know, this, this vision, this, this driving force, it's like fire in the belly, moonshot, you know, whatever you call it. And I'm just curious, you know, what that is for you the question I ask is like, what if the world's largest companies were truly regenerative, you know, creating regenerative systems for people, for planet, for profits. There's a second piece, which is about the individuals that we need to support under all of this, which is sort of where I'm, I'm geeking out now because we need the entrepreneurs and the catalysts to be more supported and valued and recognized than ever before. Like that exponential curve is also going to be the climate change curve. And so we need people who are going to be leading more positive futures. The interesting thing that we don't often talk about is there's a downside to getting your dream job when you're driven by purpose. Because you, you know, entrepreneurs and catalysts generally put 110, 50% on the table anyway. But when you're combining that with that deeply felt physical sense of this is my mission on earth, it can be really hard to get clear boundaries and make sure that you're taking the time for yourself. I feel like there's lots of advice you could offer around this point. It sounds like even personally, you might've been in those moments, so much part of your identity that you lose sight of those boundaries and maybe taking care of yourself. So what would you invite entrepreneurs to think of around this topic of, of well, well-being or however you frame it, resilience, I guess? I, I have come to think that self-compassion is really the foundation that humans in general are not great at, that entrepreneurs and change agents need to focus on more. 
And particularly, as I mentioned, when we're purpose-driven, it can feel like, and I've had direct conversations, like I'd love to come to this retreat or participate in this workshop, but it feels like I'm, if I'm not working that 150% on the actual thing that I'm not going to make progress. And getting people to understand that rejuvenation, self-awareness, even things like mindfulness and reflection are actually in service of the vision that they're trying to create. I mean, it's kind of a cynical way to talk about it, but sometimes it's the only way that the change makers will really take the time and listen. And when they stop, a deeper unfolding can happen where you can say, look, in the, in the vision action iteration cycle that you normally go through, having more mindfulness at each of those stages is a huge ampli amplification force. We, we know the science, like your default mode network actually performs better when you're in nature and you have more downtime. Those epiphany moments happen in the shower for a reason, right? So you just look in with intentionality at each phase of the change maker's journey and say, a little bit of downtime is a good thing for the whole process and you are part of that process. And so take care of yourself too. Absolutely. Well, Shannon, thank you for, for taking the time. Thank you. Take care. Purpose is a big theme for us this month. The Entrepreneur's Guide to Pathfinding book launch event is in two weeks time and will involve an open discussion on living and reconnecting with your purpose at work. If this feels like something you would benefit from, reach out to us at hello at leagueofentrepreneurs.com to find out more. Maggie also mentioned the Entrepreneur's Compass, a tool to help you reflect on the key dimensions and questions that are fundamental for your entrepreneurial quest. This is free to access and available online. Just go to leagueofentrepreneurs.com forward slash resources. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.